us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. How many more weeks can I do this? Nevermore. I know, right? You're lucky I didn't start it way back in like September. Because like a lot of people started celebrating Halloween as far back as then, right? Yeah, that's not cool. Can't creep up the holidays like that. It's a Burr month. Here in the Philippines, we've already started celebrating Christmas. I am the most Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and our wonderful co-host from the Philippines, J.A. Scott. Uh, so you guys don't celebrate Halloween at all in the Philippines? It's a little bit. It's uh, the Day of the Dead, All Souls Day and All Saints Day. Those are much bigger holidays. Everyone goes out and, you know, tends to the graves of their ancestors and, and mm-hmm. lights candles and does a bit of stuff like that but uh halloween itself maybe it's for the kids i don't know that sounds way more serious than everybody cosplay yeah exactly for things and make them sexy (laughs) sexy nurse sexy sexy, bus driver sexy ketchup bottle (laughs) i'm surprised though like i i would think it would be a reprieve from like the christmas stuff there's no (laughs) reprieve from the christmas we've got jingle bells playing on september 1st in the mall (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness in any case welcome to the last comic shop i'm and uh this week as you may or may not know we're continuing our celebration of halloween with spooky related comic books <laughs> so this week's is, is it's j.a scott's pick and uh what book did you pick uh, leading up to halloween j.a we are doing through the woods by emily carroll so hopefully by the end of today's show Uh, Maybe some of you will go out and pick up Through the Woods. But before we get to that book review, it is now time for our annual Halloween Quiz Show. That's right. Our quiz master himself, Chad Smith, has come down from mountains on high. And so, uh, again, on today's show, we're going to see whether or not J.A. Scott I can dethrone the master. Uh, as Maybe I'll give you a shot on this one, Jay. Who knows? <laughs> as we often do on The Last Comic Shop, when it is just Jay versus Chad, each of you are going to get 10 questions uh, related to the Halloween season, whether that's you know movies, TV shows, traditions, what have you. Hopefully all of you listening out there will play along. And maybe learn something or pick up a quiz question that you can ask those people in the elevator when they're staring at you for way too long. Uh, Since J.A. has previously lost all of these to Chad, I'm going to let him choose whether he wants to go first or second. So no flipping of the coins. J.A. just gets a point blank choice. Do you want to go first or second? I'm going to defer so Chad can go first. Well, it is good strategy because, you know, then you know exactly how many questions you have to beat. So uh, that being said, we're going to go ahead and start off with Chad. Ten questions starting now. So question number one, Chad, what does it mean when you see a blue pumpkin while trick-or-treating? Is it supporting the veterans? Is it Papa Smurf living there? Is it allergy-free treats? Or does it mean no trick-or-treating? 
Blue pumpkin. What do you think? Allergy-free treats. That is correct. If you see a blue pumpkin, it means that the house is handing out allergy-free treats. Of course, it could also mean that the house is using last year's pumpkin. (laughs) Or it's very chilly out. How do you know if your treats are allergy-free? There are so many allergies. I know, right? Strawberries, dogs. (laughs) You never know. Bee stings. Question number two. What was the name of Gomez and Morticia's daughter on the Adams family? Oh, that's an easy one. You mean Wednesday? That is correct. You sounded so confident until you said the name that you oh, that's Wednesday. Well, there was the other one too. The Tuesday? normal looking one. Pugsley? Pugsley? They only have two kids. Oh no, I'm thinking of the Munsters where they had the normal daughter. Yes. Ah, Marilyn. Glad I didn't say her name. Your date is here. All right. Question number three. What Halloween costume does E.T. wear in that famous movie? Let's see. There's that part where he wears the wig. Then he wears the hood. Yoda. No, that is incorrect. Mm. It was a ghost. Michael and Elliot dress E.T. up as a ghost so they can sneak him out of the house. No, he sees Yoda and thinks it's an alien. He sees Yoda and he goes, and he goes, home, home. (laughs) (laughs) Question number four. What Halloween radio drama caused mass panic on October 30th, 1938? H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. That is correct. The War of the Worlds was the Halloween episode of the Mercury Theater on the Air, directed and narrated by Orson Welles. The episode was famously adapted, The Alien Invasion, and was broadcast as if it were a real news program, becoming famous because it caused mass hysteria. Wait, Uh, Orson Welles or H.G. Wells? Well, H.G. Wells is the writer. Orson Welles did the radio broadcast. Yes. And all's Wells that ends Wells. And and apparently, apparently... (laughs) People in towns that had water towers, they were going out and shooting at the water towers, thinking that they were. (laughs) (laughs) The tripods. That's the best. Question number five. How much does the world's largest pumpkin weigh? Is that 2,906 pounds, 1,395 pounds, 247 pounds, or 682 pounds. I don't know any of this. I'll say the first one. Yes. Okay. That's the biggest number. It's like That is correct. As much as how Cinderella gets to her dances. (laughs) That's true. Benny Meyer, a Swiss gardener who grew the massive fruit, had you had to use a special vehicle to transport it. Is he a gardener or is he a gardener? I thought Andrew did the dad jokes. (laughs) All right. That was a gourmet joke. (laughs) So that, well, you are now four out of five. Number six. How many witches were burned at the stake during the Salem witch trials? Is it 42? That is incorrect. Mm. It was zero. It was a trick question. None of the witches put to death at the Salem witch trials were burned at the stake. All of those that were executed were hanged except for one who was pressed to death. Oh, didn't you ever read uh, The Crucible? The more weights! More weights! Ah! All right, question number seven. What phobia do you suffer from if you have an intense fear of Halloween? 
Samhainphobia, Phantasmophobia, Wiccaphobia, or Halloweenophobia? I'll say Wiccaphobia. Wicca, Wicca, Wicca. That is incorrect. It is Samhainphobia. Really? Yes. Wiccaphobia's got to be like you're afraid of the bees. Not the bees. No, not the bees. Believe it or not. Encyclopedias. Wiccaphobia is actually the specific fear of witches. Not just Halloween Mm. in general. These witches keep getting me. What was the first individually wrapped penny candy in America? Was it Smarties, Laffy Taffy, Mary Jane's, or Tootsie Rolls? Tootsie Rolls. That is correct. Tootsie Rolls were invented by Leo Hirschfield in 1907 and were the first penny candy to be individually wrapped in America. And his wife, Tootsie, who had uh, put on some weight. Question number nine, where did the inventor of the Ouija board get the name Ouija? Was it his mother's maiden name, the Egyptian Book of the Dead? Was it from a dream or was it from talking to the actual board? I'm going to say it's the Egyptian Book of the Dead. It sounds Egyptian in nature. I can see it coming in a Moon Knight show. That is incorrect. Oh. It was from actually talking to the board. What is your name, sir? (laughs) That's a lot of vowels. Are you sure? (laughs) William Fold, who was credited with naming the device, learned the name Ouija from using the board. Years later, Fold would actually change his story, claiming it was just a combination of the French and German words for yes. Going into the last question. All right, let's go more than half. All right. What does the word Halloween mean? Does it mean darker half, holy night, plentiful harvest, or day of the dead? Plentiful harvest. That is incorrect. It actually means holy night. Hallowed evening. Or oh, yeah. I do that. So, all right. So, you are 5 for 10. All right, Jay. This is your shot. This is your golden get... opportunity. And I've got Jay. all this pressure now. Suddenly, I, I don't want to play this. I've got all this pressure. Why did I let you go first? No. Nah! <laughs> so, pressure. you have to get more than half right, J.A. And speaking from last year, I believe you did. I think you got six out of ten last year. So if you just continue on that course, I think you should be fine. Question number one, J.A., what Christian holiday does Halloween immediately precede? Is that All Saints Day, Epiphany, the Festival of Fools, or Lent? All Saints Day. That is correct. All Saints Day, also known as Feast of the Saints, is uh, the festival celebrated on the 1st of November by the Roman Catholic Church. Question number two. When did the word vampire first appear in the English language? In the 1700s, in the 1600s, in the 1500s, or as far as the 1800s? I'm going to go 1800s. That is incorrect. The correct answer is the 1700s. In 1734, the Oxford English Dictionary had the first appearance of the word vampire. Yeah, well, you're one for two right now. Starting going into number three. What is trick-or-treating called in Mexico? Is it Calaverta Basuro? Vespira de Todos los Santos or Casa de Monstruos. Can I have those <laughs> answers again, please? You're going to make him say Spanish again. I'm going to go with the Spirit of the Saints one. 
That would be Vespera de Todos La Santos. Yes. That is incorrect. The correct answer is Calta Verita, which is Spanish for little skull. So it's also the name of a little treat in Mexico. It is a small skull made of sugar or chocolate. Going into question number four, what are the colors associated with Halloween? Orange and black. Orange and black is the correct answer. Orange is the symbol of the harvest in autumn, and black is the symbol for death. Which practice may have evolved into trick-or-treating? Guising, souling, mumming, or all of these? I'm going to say all of these. That is correct. The modern practice of trick-or-treating may have evolved from several customs, such as mumming, which is going door-to-door performing scenes for food, souling, which is begging for soul cates by singing under windows, and guising, which is wearing Halloween costumes. Question number six. During Samhain, what did the Druids do with cats? Did they throw them into the fire? Did they worship them? Did they make rooms with their entrails? Or did they try to communicate with them? Ooh, um, I'm going to say that they weren't evil and they didn't do any entrail stuff or throw them into fire because nobody messes with cats. So either they were trying to talk to them, the Egyptians worshipped cats, I'm going to say they just tried to talk to them. That is incorrect. I was with you on that one, J.A. They actually threw them into the fire. And and, and you wonder why they're not around anymore. And cats (laughs) are. Karma, druids. During the ancient celebration of Samhain, druids were said to throw cats into the fire, often in wicker cages as a part of the divination proceedings. Uh, We do not support cruelty to We do not. That's horrible. At least you could throw Nicolas Cage in there. It's the bees! The bees! Uh, Question number seven. In you, folklore, what form can a vampire take? A cockroach, a firefly, a rat, or an owl. In you, a rat, you say. That is incorrect. Like a bat without the wings. The correct answer is a firefly. It can transform into a firefly, according to you folklore. What's you? So, like, little baby deer? (laughs) That's sheep. Ew. Ew, ew. Going into question number eight. In the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which trick-or-treating character gets nothing but rocks? Um, Linus. That is incorrect. Chad, you want to steal? It's Charlie Brown. I got a rock. rock. (laughs) All right. You are now, what, three for eight? I don't think there's any way for you to win. I can still tie. You can still Still tie. tie. All right. So going into question number nine. Which one of these famous folks died on Halloween night? Harry Houdini, Bram Stoker, Mary Shelley, or H.P. Lovecraft? I go in Houdini. That is correct! Harry Houdini was the most famous and mysterious magician that ever lived, and strangely enough, he died on Halloween night in 1926. Is that the day he got punched or the day he succumbed to his punching wound? I think it was the day he succumbed. But I could be wrong. Maybe if there's anybody listening to the show, they want to give us uh, some Harry Houdini insights. Feel free to leave some comments. Final question, J.A. Two tie. According to tradition, 
What will you see if you wear your clothes inside out and then walk backwards on Halloween? The future, a ghost, a witch, or your death? Too tied, J.A. Man, it's too much pressure. I'm, I'm going to say it's not going to be a witch. Chad got all the witch questions. <laughs> uh, torn between your death or a ghost. I don't see how you could walk backwards to see your future. Maybe you'd see your past. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with your death. That is no! incorrect. Oh! The correct answer is a witch. <laughs> Those witches are tricky, J.A. They are. <laughs> According to an old Halloween tradition, you will see a witch at midnight if you wear your clothes inside out and walk backwards. So, with that being said, Chad is the quiz champion for yet another quiz uh, contest with J.A. If you add our scores together, we got half! We got half! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, we'll be right back with more of The Last Comic Shop. Right after these commercial breaks, we're going to be covering Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. So stay Which, tuned for that. By the way... What's the furthest you can go into the woods? Halfway! Because then you're on the other side, right? You're out of the woods. Oh, look at you. Hey, it's Mikey Wood, frequent Last Comic Shop guest and collector. And as a collector, I'm always in need of boards, bags, long boxes, and more to house all those comics. That's why I use promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off my orders at bcwsupplies.com. Not only does it get me a discount on BCW's already low prices, but I know using LCSPOD at checkout is another way I can show my support to the Last Comic Shop podcast and their continuing mission to bring fans together under that big comic book tent. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, head out to bcwsupplies.com and use promo code L-C-S-P-O-D today. That's L-C-S-P-O-D. Greetings from the depths. <laughs> uh, no way I can keep that up, the whole commercial. Hey, last comic shop fans. My name is Winston Gambro, and I make comic books. My latest comic is called Haunted House, A Love Story. It's a story of love, grief, and horror. A sentient house falls in love with its sole residence. However, this joy is short-lived when the house is forced into a forbidden love triangle and seeks vengeance. If you want a copy of the six-issue miniseries, you can have your local comic shop order Haunted House, A Love Story from Blood Moon Comics. Also available at winstongambro.com. That's W-I-N-S-T-O-N G-A-M-B-R-O, and I'll get you a copy. Thanks so much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, we are back, and now it is time for our Read Pile Review. This week, it is Through the Woods by Emily Carroll. Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Emily and this book? So Emily's from Ontario, Canada. Uh, so she's one of those wonderful Canadian comic book creators that sometimes we don't get to highlight on our particular show. But uh, she's been basically making comic books since about 2010 when she started in the webcomic field. She put out one of the stories that is included in this particular collection, His Face All Red. 
Uh, it went viral around Halloween of 2010. And since then, she's published two books of her own works. Uh, she's done a lot of other uh, various comic anthologies. And she's won several awards. In fact, today's book, Through the Woods, won an Eisner back in 2015 for one of J.A.'s favorite Eisner categories, Best Graphic Album Reprints. <laughs> Uh, grumble, grumble. <laughs> yeah, and it was also a New York Times bestseller. So that's what a graphic album reprint is, J.A. It's taking medium from other places, putting it in the collection, providing it to the masses. And again, she wrote original stuff for this, so you can't say it was like completely just you know the greatest no, hits most, album. Yes. Most of the stories actually, uh, there's five stories so four of them are original to the book his face all red being the one that she uh, brought into the book from the web there you go and i'm not sure about you guys but uh i I read the trade paperback edition which i had to buy at a bookstore wow real bookstore to find it is published through uh, simon and schuster their teen division but it is a very handsome collection high-end paper stock it's not just a quickly tossed together trade like if you're going to get an award for a graphic novel creation, I, I could see this one. You've got the little tree designs are slightly raised on the cover so you can run your finger across them and then give you the, that creepy feeling. Those dark gothic colors with the white contrasts or blues or reds. and It really is a very good looking collection there. So again, this is a for those folks that uh, don't go to get their comic books at uh, you know a local comic book shop, but go stop by at the Barnes and Noble. Here's another great pick that you can go out to uh, you know your local uh, bookstore and pick up. Or if you're one of those folks that only go to comic shops, uh, don't forget Barnes and Nobles and all your other bookstores can count as comic shops too when you get things that are accepted uh, from the folks like the New York Times as literature, such as the case with Through the Woods. Look at that. See, we're edumacating. We're edumacating on this show. Trying to cross those boundaries for folks on both the book side of the reading thing and then the comic book side. We're going to bring them together. We're going to bring them together, at least on this week's show. And without further ado, let's get that 10 cent synopsis from Chad Smith. So, Chad, I know that there's five short stories. (laughs) So, like, I'm not expecting like a 10 cent synopsis for all of them, but just in general. What does Emily Carroll write about in Through the Woods? Well, that's a great uh, point. Well, let's run through them. So the first one is called Our Neighbor's House. And there's a dad and his daughters. And he says, I'm going out. If I don't come back, go to the neighbor's house. And he goes out and he doesn't come back. And then the oldest sister is like, I'm going to go out. And then she goes out and she doesn't come back. And then people just keep going out and they don't come back. And it's scary. The next story is called A Lady's Hands Are Cold, which, by the way, I'm going to spoil the stuffing out of this stuff. So if you haven't read the book, uh, you can go ahead and do that thing and come on back. But A Lady's Hands Are Cold. There's a young girl, and she is uh, betrothed to a young man and uh, uh, goes there, and things are kind of weird. And then she hears voices in the walls, and then she digs into the walls, and she finds pieces of another person, and she's like, I'm going to put them all together. And then she does, and it turns out that lady is a real mean ghost who chases her. And that one's done. And the next story is called His Face All Red. That's the one that was the web tuner. Uh, there's a guy singing in a bar, and he's like, oh, uh, that guy's not my brother. He's real handsome. He's like, but he's like my brother. You know, his coat's all nice. His family's nice. I'm jealous of his life. 
And one day something is scaring the town, so they go into the woods to take care of it. And they take care of it, and then he's like, ah, I'm gonna kill my brother. But then at the end of the story, he goes and, and crawls down into a tomb. And so I, I feel like there's some kind of metaphor there, some things that have to And the next one is called My Friend Jana or Yana. I don't know. I can say Jana. I knew a Jana back in the day. There are two girls, they're like sisters, and they end up trying to fake out the town to believe that it's haunted and there are ghosts and there are visitors. And then it turns out one day a dark red cloud appears over one of them. And then uh, that dark red cloud appears over somebody else at the end. Ah! <laughs> and then... And then the, next story, the nesting place where a young lady goes to live with her brother and his wife um, after the death of their parents. And so she's there. It's all socially awkward and stuff. And, you know, whenever the husband isn't around, uh, Mabel will look right back at all of a sudden. Ah, she's got tiki-taki teeth. Ah! <laughs> and then uh, the husband the comes back. What about the worms? The, she's the made of worms. They're made of worms. <laughs> and then the next time, ah, it's worms. Ah, that are worms. The neighbor comes oh, over. There's the brothers made of worms and tiki-taki teeth. Ah! <laughs> the horror. The horror. Oh, that was a great 10 cent synopsis. I loved it. I, but, but, I think I it was did. actually like 50 cents. It was 10 yeah, cents. That's, per... that's more than a, a dime there a piece. But you can see that, again, there's some general themes that run through all of Emily Carroll's works uh, and they're classic horror tropes. You know, things aren't exactly what they seem. Uh, false faces, obviously death. It plays yeah. a, a huge, huge part in the in these stories, uh, especially spaghetti that, worms. Spaghetti worms. That's gross. Like parasites are always like creepy, but they're a Halloween horror trope. Like the whole notion of being infested by creepy crawlies and and they taking over your brain and that you'll be the next one. Like whether it's that story or an invasion of the body snatchers or lonely off- houses, dark woods, wolves. All the tropes. It's classic gothic horror. All along the catch line where it came from the woods, most strange things do. Like, ah, it's good and creepy. So we're going to go ahead and start off our initial thoughts with J.A. Scott. This was his pick. Now, in the previous segment, you found out that J.A. hadn't specifically wanted to read this book. He went online and he was looking for Halloween books to recommend for this week's show. And he found this one. So he was like, let's do it. So, J.A., now that you took a chance on Through the Woods, did it pay off for you? Yes, I loved this book. I thought the art was incredible. The storytelling was terse. I loved the hand lettering. I loved the way she used the panel design. And there are many pages where it's completely silent. So you get these foreboding building up through the silence and then you turn the page and it's like a jump cut and you're you've got blood and guts and gore and slithery worms coming out of somebody's mouth in a massive one page spread a lot of classic horror tropes going on in the book and the colors are incredible dark crimsons inky blacks lots of shadows and you see only parts of designs i thought some of the stories worked better than others I really enjoyed my friend Jana. I thought that was the best of them. I thought his face all red was probably n- the the weakest of the bunch. It's interesting that that was the one that was her original. So that's 
oldest right uh, story uh-huh. that she wrote. So she could see that uh, she was working out certain things, maybe that she was able to develop into. I thought stronger stories on our neighbor's house is just the classic, you know, who's afraid of the dark. Kids are, you know, don't want to go outside. Little Red Riding Hood. The neighbor is a monster type stuff. Oh. So you really enjoyed those last page stingers that they had throughout the book, right? Yes, classic 1950s horror tropes. Yes, Twilight Zone-esque turns or whatever. But uh, our other co-host on today's show, Chad Smith, had a kind of a little bit of a different take, especially with some (laughs) of those stingers. Chad, do you want to unpack yours? Okay, well, I'll start off by saying this is a beautiful book. And Jay was talking about the, the colors in there. You know, the lettering and how that's used for impact. And sometimes it's smaller and sometimes it's bigger. And it's, you know, it's a presence on a page. And I could see where this could work as a, as a web comic where you're scrolling through. But it also works in the format that I read it in, which was that trade paperback. But for me personally, I, I did struggle with this one just because I would get to the end of the story and I'd be like, who's the bad guy? The neighbor's a bad guy? But like you're exp- like I want to know who the neighbor is. Like he is no man. Oh, like what is he? Is he a wolf? Is he a frog man? Is he an insurance salesman? What kind of man is he? And I, I didn't get those answers. This isn't the kind of the book that gives you those answers. I would enjoy the stories up until the end, and then I get there. The one in particular was his face all red, where I was like, all right. There is a metaphor that I am missing here. I assumed he was the devil. He's the devil? His face is red. He's the devil, right? Oh, the brother's the devil. The brother, yes. Well, why does he climb down into the ground? And and, and he gets down there, and then, like, there's somebody laying there. and That's his brother. That's his brother. Brother? Like, if it was his brother, it wasn't drawn. Yes, it's his brother come back from the dead to haunt him. Well, no, no, no. That, no. <laughs> All right, I'm going to jump in here because I am of two minds of this particular book. And, and again, I'm going to gush a little bit about the art as well. Uh, although uh, J.A. and Chad did such a wonderful job, this is the reason you read this book. Like Emily Carroll is an amazing graphic storyteller in terms of her page layouts, again, in terms of how the stories flow and, and the creepy images, the use of color, all of those things that J.A. and Chad have espoused upon. I'm going to say, yeah, that, that stuff's good, y'all. It's it's good stuff. <laughs> but I'm going to say this about the, the stories, and, and to I'm going to be of that mind with Chad, in which, you know, I am a longtime fan of either horror or creepy or sci-fi related like television shows like you know the twilight zone or outer limits in which you know they tell you a story and there's always that twist at the end of the story in which you're like oh my gosh there's time enough at last and then his glasses break or one of my absolute favorite episodes of the twilight zone which is called eye of the beholder in which there was this woman and she's got all these bandages on they had this surgery because she's evidently quote-unquote ugly and then she takes off the face and she's beautiful but it turns out that's a world where everybody has pig faces that's why she's still ugly because she doesn't match the conformity of everybody else even though we would traditionally find that she's beautiful those are all metaphors i can get right (laughs) this book no the the end stingers were i'm going to be point blank were too vague they, yes, they were open for interpretation, but that's not exactly what I was looking for in a, in a stinger. I needed that point 
driven home as to what the heck's going on. Like, who is that person in the neighbor's house? Who is the brother at the bottom of this mine shaft? And why did he dig the mine shaft? I, the, these, these questions I have, this is not how you sting people. I, I just, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. This is how you end up getting swelling instead of just going, ooh, this is... Well, no, there's a there's a market for this. I just don't know that I'm I'm part of that particular market where like this is very much so in that Neil Gaiman Sandman esque Coraline where things are left vague and up to interpretation. But like for me, I want that extra page where like show me the evil neighbor, show me like with the brother. You think the brother's the? De- I want to go back to that because we didn't finish talking about that one. The brother is the devil. Yeah, I mean, well, the it, brother is the gun with the red face. That's definitely, and he's having dreams about it, and he's equating the brother to the the dead rabbit that the wolf has killed. Okay, right. So, but then the brother comes back, and he's saying that looks like my brother, but it's not my brother because I killed my brother. So, who is it? Mm. But it wasn't like the red face. Isn't that just like jealousy? You're green with envy, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I, but you're red with rage. I I agree with Chad. Like I thought that that opening story the one that she first wrote right about the the brother i actually thought it was a really good story up until like he kills him in the woods like that was like intriguing and 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 i i I was following it but then the brother comes back and i'm just like okay you you gotta go somewhere with this i don't think it hit the landing i'm just gonna be blunt a point blank i don't think it 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 hit the landing at all i think it missed it it was in the lake i think we don't get it i thought (laughs) That maybe the the schlubby guy that we're talking to, maybe his brother killed him, and he's the ghost sitting at the bar. And hey, look, there's my brother, and uh, look, all these people like him, because nobody's talking to this other guy. (laughs) Nobody's acting like he's there. Maybe he's the ghost, because he comes down at the end and goes and lives uh, in the big hole. Oh, Oh. so you're saying it's, 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 uh, this is a sixth sense yeah, only the the handsome, well-to-do brother turns out to be the ne'er-do-well, and the and, yeah, and the, and the schlubby guy's that little kid. And by the way, I mean, they should have figured something out in Sixth Sense when he was like, "I can see dead people," and he can see Bruce Willis. I, I just, <clears throat> any case, you know what? I I'm gonna say that there was one particular stinger that I actually thought worked well. And I actually got the metaphor, and that's the final book, which is the nesting, which I honestly thought was probably my favorite of the five stories that were in, in. This is the one where the socially awkward sister goes and lives with her brother and his 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 wife, and the wife turns out to be a worm monster. But, like, honestly, from that perspective, I didn't really even look at it as so much a worm monster. I thought it was, like, that classic, you know, metaphor about putting on false faces and being nice when you're together. But then the moment you're not together, you're like, oh, my God, I hate you. Get out of my freaking house, dude. See, and I didn't get that either. I thought the sister was real nice to her. Yeah, she was real nice because she wants them. to eat her. Yes, but what I like is where she turns it around. And she's like, you don't want me to be one of you because then they will find out that I'm not them and they will dissect me and I will go to a place that they will be tortured and and all your babies. Well, she, I thought that was really good. The way it was turning back and forth between those two. I thought that was, it was, I will agree, one of the strongest stories. Not as good as my friend Jana. I thought that was the best. That The stinger in that one was really great. Yeah. So my friend Jana, again, that's the story about like two girls that are basically scamming the town by pretending to that, be mediums or, you know, people that can talk to the spirits and like, 
You know what the best part about that book was some of the reactions to some of the townspeople that would come with tears in their eyes saying like, I just want to connect with so-and-so because I missed them so much. Again, that human grief, that, that really is sometimes the most difficult thing about somebody passing away is that like, you know, the acceptance of that and some people never get to that phase. And so I thought that was really good with the art, but like, uh, I, I just loved how like they, they were trying to figure out like, maybe we'll just say it stopped. Well, why would that happen? Like, if maybe I had, you had a, a near death, maybe you almost got killed. Well, that would get me closer to the spirits, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, is it that classic story about the kids that like fumble around with things they don't understand, like playing with the Ouija board, and then all of a sudden it's the Exorcist and they become possessed because the you know they're they're playing around with ghosts and then all the ghost kills the one. Is that what we were going with that? Yeah, one? I mean that's what? where it went for me. I mean the the girl who was pretending to be the ghost ends up being able to see a ghost that's attaching itself pretending Jana who's pretending to be the medium and then the ghost kills Jana and then attaches herself to the other girl who doesn't know that she's been attached and that's right. how it ends that's the that, stinger that's the way I took it too where there's this girl who's been pretending to be able to see ghosts and then as a result, now she does see ghosts. And to make it even better, everybody else in her life is now going to be haunted by a ghost. So she kind of descends into madness. And Yeah, no, that, 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 okay. Well, then I got the correct reading from that one particular. I, that's like, the, again, that story with playing around with things like witchcraft and stuff. And that's what you're, don't play Dungeons and Dragons or you'll also become a Satan worshiper. Like, that's the whole story. And then like, it, but it was also like the metaphor because like, I felt also the ghost was like the lies that these people were telling and eventually how those lies will come back to roost with these two girls and end up being their undoing. It's again, one of the, the strongest stories um, in the particular book. So yeah, no, with this stuff in general, it's always like, I know there are people that love these things and I'm, I, in no way do I want to Im infer that this is not high quality stuff, but man, just tell me who Batman punched <laughs> and how he solved the Riddler's clues. And I will go to bed a happier, happier Chad. All right. Well, we're going to put this show to bed right after these commercial breaks with our ratings and recommendations. So stay tuned for more of the last comic show. Hey everybody, I'm Amber. And I'm Maddie. And we're Witches, Witches Talking Tarot. Tarot. And this season, we've got for you ghosts, cryptids, conspiracies. Oh my. Check out what role we cast Emma Robertson on our myth episodes this season. Yes. <laughs> and in addition to our myths, we will be bringing you the holidays. Because we may or may not have uh, missed one this last season. I guess you'll have to listen to the last episodes to check it out. And then catch all our new episodes coming up every Tuesday and Thursday on your favorite podcast platforms. And see us on YouTube. Come and sit with us for a spell. It was supposed to be a day at the beach, but for four friends, one wrong road will put them on a direct course to being the main course. Her name is Grandma Hazel, a chainsaw-wielding psychopathic cannibal, a beast of the backwoods with a body count higher than a bowl of blood-spattered scotch mints. 
from the creators of Pocus Hocus. Grandma, no! Grandma Chainsaw. Evil has a perm. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our ratings, where we're going to lead you through those spooky woods and maybe come out on the other end uh, with a great rating for this particular book by Emily Carroll. Uh, we do recommend you go pick up Through the Woods if you're at your local bookstore, because again, I think it's one of those books that has cross appeal. If you're not really super into comics, but you like horror or whatever, I think this is a good book that you can pick up and, and still get some of that. But uh, I'll save the rest for my rating. We're going to get to Jay Scott with that rating scale. So, Jay, what do you, we got for us this week? Well, we, this collection of stories all ended with a stinger. So one out of four stingers. Oh! How, how stung are you going to get? Are you going <laughs> to swell up? Or are you just going to have a little bit of a prick? Don't be a little bit of a prick. <laughs> any case uh we're gonna go ahead and start off with chad smith because uh, i think going into this show he was a little bit on the fence about this one J- chad did any of our, our discussion today uh help change your thoughts or, or are you still the thoughts you got i guess yeah no i hated it it's not for me <laughs> um I, i've said it like it's a beautiful book it's very eerie the the ambiance is there I, I, I could understand why people would enjoy it. I, I've said on previous shows, I'm the type of person where, like, you know, uh, what I read, it affects my mindset, and sometimes my mindset affects what, what I'm reading. And, you know, and this was one that came for a week where it's like, ah, I'm just all stressed out and everything. And then I read this, and I'm like, you're not even going to tell me it's a fucking monster. Ah! <laughs> so it, while I recognize it, it was beautiful to look at, it read through super quickly. It's an interesting, it's, it's fun to talk about it. it I'm probably going to go back and talk to you guys more about some of these stories. They're thought-provoking. All of that is a signal that it is a, a high-quality book, a high-quality experience, but it's not for me. So my rating is going to be a three-point question mark. Oh, look at you. Not giving us yeah, a Yeah, because you don't get any goddamn answers. It's just, <laughs> it's just all these stupid stories that get you to a point, and then they stop telling you. You have to figure it out on your own. So figure it out on your own. Oh, lordy. I think that's the first time we ever had a question mark, but that works. That works. I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to echo Chad in a lot of his sentiments that, as I said before, this is a book that does kind of cross over between comic books and quote-unquote, real books or real literature or whatever, ones you find in bookstores. Although, again, comic books are real literature, so I, I decry that. Well, don't go too far. It's the teen section of the books. <laughs> so teen literature. That is true. And and there were times, although that the art is very, very interesting, because it was such a quick read, I felt myself kind of falling into that trap of like, is this really like one of those like picture books that I would like tell my kids about? Like, you know what I mean? Like it kind of has some feels given the fact that there's, it's not really, you know, panel based layouts and you could kind of feel like, Oh, is this like reading Goodnight moon, except really horror related, you know, like it's a traditional illustrated kids book, I guess, although it's not at all. And I'm, I'm not going to say that whatsoever. These are definitely scary stories. It's great to read on a nice autumn night, I feel. So, like, if you have an opportunity to pick it up now, uh, I would, and then read it by a campfire. The endings could have been a little bit better for me. But overall, I I think I'm going to agree with Chad. This is a solid 3.25, J.A. 
it's interesting that you mentioned uh, Goodnight Moon because the epilogue to the book, which is sort of a retelling of Red Riding Hood, sort of going back and not running into the wolf and, and getting tucked into bed. Some of those pages look like they were taken exactly ripped right out of Goodnight Moon, even the same color schemes and, and whatnot. And that goes to the art that we, we mentioned how lush it was, but I think what makes it so eerie is that it's done in the style of a kid's book, of like a, a, a book that you would read to a small child such as Goodnight Moon. So the art is also very kid-friendly, I guess. I don't, I don't know how approachable. How would you, I would say friendly. Approachable. I mean, it, but, but then – the twist is that you know you're not seeing huggable kitties and and rabbits and whatnot. You're seeing like blood, gore, and guts and dead zombie wives being sewn back together with red lace. And that juxtaposition, I think, makes it you know that much sort of gothicy horror eeriness. And it, it really pulls out on the page a bit. So with all that being said, I really enjoyed this. I thought. The red face story was a little bit weaker than the other four. Uh, for that, I'm going to ding it a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think it's a wonderful book. I think a lot of uh, local libraries would also carry this book. I think, Andrew, didn't you checked it out from your yes, local library? Yes, yeah, I got mine at a local library. So uh, you don't have to be rich money bags like Chad and, and go <laughs> go out and buy it at Barnes & Noble. If you want to just check out, see if your local library has it, you can, you can do that as well. And maybe if you're really taken by the art, then you can go buy yourself your own copy. I'm supporting the arts and then getting angry about it. But yeah, support your libraries too, kids. Those are awesome. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give it a 3.75. Well, overall, then, you know, the last comic shop podcast agrees. This is a very good book. And some other good books that you can get at your local comic book shop or bookstore or library is our recommendations. Yes. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and turn it over to Chad Smith for his recommendation this week. Okay, so I happen to frequent bookstores, believe it or not. I stumbled into another one and was able to find this. Uh, I got a deal on this particular book. And considering this week I was not about metaphors or inferences and I just wanted something straightforward and direct. This book, that's what that is. It is the dynamite art of John Cassidy, which Ooh. I was able to find, like I said, in the a clearance section. This should not be clearance, but it has all the beautiful John Cassidy dynamite art, little introductions from writers or editors from his different projects. But this covers all of those beautiful Lone Ranger covers. That's that's the milkshake that brought me to the yard. So many wonderful Lone Ranger images. And then you'd get on the on the right hand side either the black and white version of the illustration or like pencil copies and then on the left you get the full embiggened version of the cover there but there are a lot yeah. of other characters in there that are, like his covers from what buck rogers his covers yep. from green hornet i think yep. there's a shadow cover in there too and green hornet and shadow whenever they crossed over oh so, there you yeah. go you get uh, like i said tons of lone ranger you get uh, daredevil not the one you're thinking of oh the, the Gleason, devil the gleason daredevil yes. from this the golden age Yep, and then get Sherlock Holmes, Doc Savage, or some Doc Savage covers, which uh, harken back to Planetary uh, that John Cassidy worked on, where he had their Doc Savage uh, analog. You got James Bond, so many of those licensed characters that Dynamite would get their hands on. There's a Red Sonia cover in here. The boys, like Zorro, 
so many different things, and it's all embiggened, and it's all straightforward. And I know who's punching who, and they're, no, they're just they're beautiful covers. So I had tons of fun with this one. It's also available in hard hardback as well as paperback, but it's worth you know even if you don't find it in the clearance section, this is worth retail price. They're the pictures are that wonderful. All right, Jay, you're up next. What's uh, your recommendation this week? So I'm recommending Homesick Pilots, which, as Chad suggested, sounds like a punk band. (laughs) It is a punk band uh, within the story. This is from Image Comics. Dan Waters and Casper Wingard put this story together. It takes place in the 90s. This high school punk band, uh, they want to throw a concert. And what could be more punk than throwing a concert in a haunted house? So they go to the local haunted house to scope it out. And uh, the guitar player, Amy, gets possessed by the house. And the house sort of takes her over. And then a rival punk band comes to the house. And the house then kills everybody very gruesomely and gorily. And turns Amy into sort of a ghost where she has to go out and and collect items that have been taken out of the house that are attached to other ghosts and bring them back in the house. The whole time this is going on, is the band going to stay together? How will the band be able to go on? (laughs) So it's got this sort of punky, horror 90s feel, beautiful artwork, um, beautiful colors, and I'm recommending volume one called Teenage Haunts. They've, I think they're up to volume three now. This one came out in 2021 from Image. Very, very cool. And that, that fits with your previous careers as a, as a radio DJ. It sounds like that would have been a band that you would have spun some records on back in the day. Here's Homesick Pilots with their newest song, I Got a Ghost Following Me. <laughs> But one thing that I hope that all of our last comic shops follow is uh, some of the tremendous work that was done by the legendary underground artist and writer R. Crumb. Again, I find that most of the time when I go to uh, Comic-Cons and things like that, people fall into two camps. They either like R. Crumb or they don't like R. Crumb. And I was one of those people that was kind of uh, still on the fence. You know, I could understand his brilliance, but at the same time, uh, some of his underground stuff was a little bit icky, yeah. to say it bluntly. So yeah, that was definitely some ick. Yeah, but but that was before I read what I consider in some ways R. Crumb's magnum opus, which is the Book of Genesis. This is an underground artist that kind of made his bones with sex and drugs and all kind of the stuff in the counterculture. And uh, here he is drawing, illustrating, telling the story of the first book of the Holy Bible. So again, for those folks that aren't spiritual or religious, that covers basically from the creation of the earth at the beginning of the book of Genesis through Joseph, who uh, had the technicolor dream coat and was living in Egypt and saves his brothers. And then it kind of brings the Israelites into, I guess, bondage under to the pharaohs, which starts out the whole Moses thing in Exodus. And again, I I don't think I've ever read the entire book of Genesis. I mean, I knew a lot of stories from growing up in the Sunday schools, like, you know, Noah and Abraham and Isaac and all those stories. But in this particular book, he uh, painstakingly researches without cutting anything out. Every single word, chapter, 
in that particular book. So is the begats is the begats. There's a lot of begats. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's whole pages of begatting people. Like they have this whole thing with the lineage of how people went from this and this. And some of the art choices that he picks are, are, are tremendous. Like in the opening story where he tells this, you know, the tale of Eve eating the apple or whatever, he makes the snake like an actual person. Like it has a snake head, but the rest of it's a body. And he said that was because in the book, it hadn't started to crawl yet, so he has a body like a human. And it's, but it's interesting choices. And it's not for kids at all, because it's graphic. There is a lot of sex in this. There is a lot of violence. There's a lot of incest. The story of Lot basically having sex with his daughters because they thought they were the only people left on the earth. And so, like, they end up getting him drunk. And, and again, our crumb doesn't pull any punches here. So, like, whether you're religious or not, if you want to kind of expand your mind about one of the great books of the world uh, in terms of the book of Genesis, this is a great place to do it because R. Crumb really does spend some time and gives you kind of the, the, the full 411 on right. this amazing story. And it's important to note that attention to detail, this isn't done as a shot. At, at religion or at, you know sacrilegious but it is giving you what's in the bible yes you know it yeah. is graphically showing you all those begats and all those other weird terrible things that show up in the bible and he's not doing it with like a sacrilegious intent or any of that kind of stuff no absolutely um, not it, it's the ultimate punk rock baller move to uh be like no i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna spend time and take this very seriously right and you know give you what it actually is absolutely so even if you're not a religious person again from a historical perspective what's written in the dang plus like oh my gosh there's like 35 pages of text at the end where he basically goes through chapter by chapter and all the research all the different versions of the bible he pulled from all the different scholars that he read in order to come up with just his thought process of how he drew a freaking panel for this particular thing so it is a magnum opus any case, another magnum opus that we hope that you come back to every single week is the last comic shop podcast. Yes, we're the magnum opus of comic book podcasts. I'm putting it out there right now. Well, at least we really tried. we haven't yeah, covered opus. We haven't done any of the the Berkeley breathed Outland. We didn't do Outland. <laughs> we didn't do Opus. Maybe that'll be in 2024, and we make sure that you check out maybe our Bloom County show uh, by rate reviewing and subscribing over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. We do really need to cover some comic strips at some point on our particular show because the history of comic strips is is crazy. We need to get one of those old Garfield books they would sell at the Scholastic Book Fair. Oh yes, <laughs> Garfield. Like of them. Choose the fat. <laughs> Garfield makes lasagna. Not Kathy. We're not reading ah! That's how I felt that's today. That's not a bathing suit. Before we get off of this, did you guys ever see the Garfield without Garfield on the internet? It, where it's basically John's like crazy and his cat actually died or something? Well, yeah, it's just John talking to himself. They take Garfield and all the Garfield word balloons out and it's just John Arbuckle. Mm. And like showing what this guy is. And it's scary and it's sad and it's funny and it's awesome. So if you have some time, I don't know if that's still out there. It was on the internet 20 years ago. Garfield without Garfield. Very cool. And speaking of things on the internet, why don't you check out our website at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com where you can find links to various social media. We've got a X Twitter account. X Twitter. <laughs> account. A current Twitter. No, current X. 
Current something. X, formerly known as Twitter account, where we, we put out some polls every week. Uh, we used to have Golden Age covers, not so much anymore. Uh, we do some other stuff there. Uh, we're also on various other social media that you can find. Uh, the the Blue Sky. Are we still on that other one? Hatch, Hitch, what's it called? Mastodon. Mastodon. Do we still do Mastodon? I think of Mastodon, I'm thinking like... Bully Bammoths. All that stuff. But we also have a merch store, right? And, like, what can you get now, J.A., at that merch store? Well, you've got the Halloween special Last Comic Shop t-shirt, Bats in the Belfry. So if you want to celebrate the spooky month, get yourself a Bats in the Belfry Last Comic Shop podcast t-shirt, support the podcast, and look cool while doing it. And... While we are the last comic shop podcast, we don't want to be the last comic shop or the last bookstore out there. So we encourage you guys to get out there into your bookstores, into your comic shops and find cool things like today's Through the Woods. Or you could find the other things we recommended like Garfield, like <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> like uh, Bloom County. Um, or Crumb! Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Your R. Crumb Bible book, uh, that's a good one, I guess, or... Uh, <laughs> Uh, mine was the Dynamite Art of uh, John Cassidy. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, good pictures. Uh, or J.A.'s recommendation of Homesick Pilots, which I believe came out of Image. Uh, all that and more awaits for you at all these different bookstores and comic shops out there. If you need to find a comic shop, go to the comic shop locator. Blah, 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 blah. Figure it out. Good luck, kids. <laughs> all right. And until next week, I was the host with the most, A.A. Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and J.A. Scott. And we hope that you stay safe. Stay spooky! And remember that you should always keep some candy in your pocket because once in a while it could be a lifesaver. Ah! Oh. Or you just have melted chocolate in there and then you put your hand in it, it's all gross. And- or you forget that you put it in there and then you throw your pants in the washer and the dryer and it just turns into this giant mess. Mm. <laughs> all my clothes are Jolly Rancher now. Hooray! Shop was a 2023 Black Angus production.